the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tell the follow grounds of the hearts and minds of your people, God, that they may hear clearly, clearly and with clarity and understanding. God, I pray right now that you would do all of these things now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, did I not call you? And I'm going to be in 1 Samuels, and I'm going to be all the way into 2 Samuels, and I'm going to make reference of different things. Those that want to know it, all you have to do is get online and type in time frame of David, King David's life, and it will tell you a major events in King David's life. It will tell you what you need to know. One of the things that I will always tell you, your life tells a story about you. Whether you're a good person or a bad person, stop thinking it's going to be in between. Either they're going to say you're wicked or they're going to say you were righteous. And that's just what it is. And when God gave me this, a lot of times we go through life and we don't understand why we have to go through certain things. And one of the things about God, he pulls the end from the beginning. And a lot of times we don't understand God does not change his mind about you. If he called you, he called you. He knew everything that you were going to do in this life even though he still called you it doesn't matter what you're going to do in between what matters is how God sees it and what you're doing with your life in that point and each time you get in trouble that you repent and turn from it that you do not try to continue to walk in rebellion that you do not continue to walk in your own way because there's no prosperity in it and these are some of the thoughts that God gave me It says right here, when God sent a prophet to you, he or she may tell you, um, he or she may tell you that you're coming out. And you don't even understand that what God is speaking because you're so busy in the storm. You're so busy trying to just to get through it. You're not realizing if God has placed something in your life, even if you caused it, God will still send a message in it. You need to understand something. So when God sends you a prophet, a prophet says, that says the Lord that God, he's going to change your footsteps. And you're sitting there at church or wherever it may be trying to figure out how God is going to do it. Instead of rejoicing and praising that God has sent you a word that's going to bring your situation out. Every time God sends a word, it's for you to reposition yourself. Not try to figure out God because can't nobody figure out Alpha and Omega. He's a mighty God. All you see in your life is the moment and the situation you're in or the circumstances that you're in. But God sees you out of your circumstances and your situation. God does not work like man. Numbers 23:19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he said, it says, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken it and he shall not make it good? We don't understand that we put God and judge God like we judge man and therefore we get in trouble. Because everything that God has done 
and his source is always done for the righteousness and for his people. God has never done anything wicked. God said, I created evil for evil man in an evil day. And he says, they turn the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his soul may be saved. You don't understand your wicked nature on the inside. But God still called you to do a work in the earth. That's why I tell you it's very important for you to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a check mark. It'll let you know when you've gone too far. But a man that does not have a spirit governed by the Spirit of God will continue to do evil and have no conscience. When you go out there and witness or when you go out there and try to tell your children that's hell bound on doing what they want to do, you got to understand something. Their mind and their consciousness is not governed by God. It's governed by their will and they have released their will to the devil. The devil just don't come in and overtake you. You had to be in agreement with something he said. Did I not call you? So there's nothing wrong with God. And man needs to understand something. In order for you to live this life the way that he's called you to do it, you're going to have to have a submissive spirit. Only if you truly submit to God can you have a prosperous life. And when I tell you God, God works from the end to the beginning. And from the beginning to the end, that's why he's Alpha Omega. And I was listening to somebody talk years ago. They said they don't say Alpha and Omega like Americans do. They say Alpha Omega because it ain't no and in it. Just like when the people in Israel, they say that God. Or they have G, a space, and a D. Because that name is so holy and righteous. You're not even worthy to say it. When you understand that you ain't nothing but a dust in the sand. But he told Moses, he said, I'm going to make you see more than the dust in the sand. And I'm paraphrasing it. That's how much his lineage was going to be. It was unmeasurable, uncountable. And you need to understand that you're just a piece of that, of the promise that he told um, Abraham or Moses. Revelations 1 and 8 says, it says, I am the Alpha Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty One. This is the revelation that God spoke to me this morning about. It says sometimes you think you make the call, but the call makes you in this life. We're going to be talking about a man in the Bible. He was one of the greatest men or the greatest kings, and he's the only one that operated as a prophet, priest, and king, and that was King David. And I'm going to walk you through his life a little bit. And I only want to touch on major things. But when I look at David's life and I understand the suffering of what he's went through, even though he had not done certain things in his life, even though he's hit certain points in his life, God never changed his mind because he saw the heart of man. And that's what you need to understand. It's not about what you do and say. God sees your heart. And that's what he judges you on. The prophet Samuel anointed 
it says Saul, it says act as the first king of Israel. And that's what he did. And we're going to find out how Saul played a major role in his life. Sometimes before God brings you to the next dispensation, he'll put your person that's going to succeed you in the place that it needs to be. And he served under Saul for years. And you're going to find out that in 1 Samuel 16 and 13, it says, Samuel goes, it says, go to the town of Bethlehem and anoints the shepherd David as future king of Israel. You got to remember when Samuel the prophet went to David's father. You got to understand something. David wasn't even around. Some of you want to know, God will get there before you get there. You just happen to show up. You got to understand something. David was rejected from birth. David was, was not a person of fame and, and, and fortune. You got to understand something. His brothers knew was before him. You got to understand something. There's always something about the firstborn. Because you're the firstborn. Don't make it the one that God has chose you to be. You got to remember David wasn't even around huh? And the oil did not flow in nobody's head huh? Until David came He says is there another one coming And then he says oh yeah there's David huh? Go and get him And then when the oil came down David got filled with the Holy Spirit huh? And the God anointed him years before And because he was so anointed He played the instrument in the harp When Saul Was under a spirit of oppression because God had had enough of Saul. And he was setting himself up. You think that God moves fast. Huh? But God got something you don't have. And that's much time. You need to see this. David served as a minister in Saul's court. After he learned of his musical talents, 1 Samuel 16, 21 through 22. And you got to remember something. David was already in the fields killing lions and bears and tigers when he was out there tilling the ground and, 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 and farming and everything else and tending to the sheep that was out there. God was making David in his isolation. You got to understand something. I don't know if you ever came from a big family but they always seen the one that isn't, they think it's not going to be nothing out there to do all the hard work. But David didn't care because David was out there with communion with God. David was out there doing what he does best. He was fellowshipping developing a fellowship with God huh, that his brothers never did want. Huh, but when the time the blessing came, huh, when it time to be set apart, huh, David huh, was the one that got it. Huh, and when he said, wait a minute, huh, even when he went out there to kill the Philistines, huh, you got to remember David and Goliath. Huh, he had already brought battles out there when he was by himself. Huh, all but these today's pastors, huh, you want to be out there in front of everybody winning battles. Huh, but sometimes God do you like he did Moses and take you the box out of the desert to train you, you get raw trained knowledge, huh? not man's knowledge how to fight a battle. Then I not call you. Then I call you to do this thing. You don't make the call, the call makes you. It was in the hard places of your life that you grown to know Jesus Christ. David wrote half of the Psalms. Huh? You got to understand something. 
to yourself. His brothers were rejecting him then, and they were scared. Even Saul was scared. Oh, but then they gave David all of this heavy metal, all of these big swords and stuff. And David said, no, I don't need that. Sometimes you think you need a lot to defeat the enemy, but all you need is a slingshot. All you need is the word of God. All you need is a hallelujah. All you need is the blood of Jesus. All you need is no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against thee in judgment shall be condemned. You don't need a heart. But what you do have is you need to have Jesus Christ on your side. And you need to arm yourself likewise. And David won many battles in his life. David was a great warrior. But was he a good father? Sometimes you could be great in this, but lacking in this. But without God, there will be no balance. He's the one that weighs it in the balance. He's the one that gives you the equilibrium in your life. But some of us in this life, we try to do everything in our own strength. We try to do everything according to what people say and pop and circumstances say. But sometimes you got to pull away. You need to steal away and be with the Lord sometimes so you can see what God is trying to say in your life. If you got too many friends around you, you're going to miss God. Because everybody can't hear the voice of God. And sometimes God shut down everybody else so you can come to him. There's a time in your life you got to steal away. Did I not call you? And so now he defeats Goliath. And Saul makes him, promotes him from a musician to his commanding chief. That's something about Saul. He wasn't crazy. <laughs> They'll use you until they can't use you no more. <laughs> but why they think they're using you, God got another plan. David is a very successful warrior in Saul's army. And that king Saul gave him his daughter <laughs> as a prize. But that old daughter of Saul was wicked and she just worried David. And when David was out there praising the Lord and his clothes fell off and she's sitting there saying they don't take all of that. And he said, you, you sound like a foolish woman. Why are you here to torment me? Sometimes you get married to the wrong person. Sometimes you date the wrong person. They, they pretty on the outside. Oh, but they wicked on the inside. And you don't know it till you get there. But sometimes God will blind you. Have you married? Who you married? And you sitting there wanting to know why your life is like that. But sometimes God has to take you to the rough places of your life. And he said, wait a minute. I'm going to use the ones that's close to you so you can see what Jesus Christ huh, had to go through huh, when he had to mess with the other people around the table and they were setting him up to die. Huh. You need to understand something. huh? It always got to be a Judas in your life. In order for you to get a lesson that only Judas can teach you. Why are you trying to run and chase after something that you think ain't going to hurt you? Oh, but it's through the pain and the suffering. Did I not call you? 
You need to understand this. But even in the midst of that, God sent a comforter. <laughs> We're still talking about Saul's house. He used his son, Jonathan, to be David's best friend. Huh? Jonathan was so connected to David, huh? even though the days people are trying to say they were homosexual, but the devil is a liar. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? God ain't going to just send trouble, allow trouble to happen, and not send you a comforter. So Jonathan saw what the jealousy that was in his father, and he stuck closer than a brother. Even though you're close to somebody, they're always going to be throwing shade while y'all together, making lies, and it's not even about them. And Jesus Christ is behind it. Why are you sitting there worried about them talking about you like a dog? You know that God sent you somebody that's going to supply your every need. Even though your sister is betraying me and doing me wrong, I'm going to raise up your brother to help you. Out of the same house. And then Saul is so jealous. First Samuel 21 and 10. David is threatened with bodily harm by Saul because of jealousy. All of this is happening in his life. And God gave me a revelation on that. He said, sometimes you have to learn how to serve under people who do not like you. Oh, I'm going to run from job to job. I'm going to run from church to church. Uh, have you ever seen no type of people? They're not stable. Uh, they can't put up with nothing. They're weak-minded. Uh, they're lukewarm type of people. And they're easily divided. Uh, oh, but you need to understand something. Uh, sometimes you learn the best lesson under your persecutor. You need to understand something until God delivered Egypt. Uh, them out of the Egypt, the Israel you need to understand something huh? you got to have an Egypt and a Pharaoh in your life to make who God wants you to be huh? you need to understand this in life did I not call you the harder the storm gets the more revelation and strength you get because you know there's nobody else around you to help you there's nobody else around to deliver you that's why when he got time for David to repent, he didn't have a problem because he knew that the Lord thy God had been with him through all of this. And the pain that he suffered on the soul. And when he had an opportunity to kill him, he didn't. What about you? Sometimes it's best to leave it alone and let the Lord handle it. He could do a better job than you and I. One thing about God, he knows how to get you where it hurts. That's why you need to be careful about the seeds you sow wickedness in somebody else's life. You make a stumbling block for somebody else, God's going to make a double stumbling block for you. You need to understand this in life. That's why it says about suing. It says what, 30, 40, 64 return? And you want to know why you're getting double hell. But you only see that when it comes down to money. Get a revelation of Jesus Christ. You need to see this. 
And I want to talk about something else. After the death of Samuel, Saul consults a witch. And he goes down to deal with this. And remember, Saul went down there to the witch and dressed up and disguised, but the witch knew who he was. So some of you thinking that huh, you under satanic attack. Huh? Just imagine when Saul stepped in there. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? That created another whammy for David. Because huh? now Saul is not only in a spirit of this rebellion and acting crazy. Now he's been consulted the witch of Andorra. And now he's got a demonic spirit at work. Huh? But you need to understand something. Huh? I know that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. I don't care how much demonic attack I'm under. Huh? I know that the will of God is going to be done. Huh? Because I look back at my life and saw what David went through. David made it out. Second Samuel 2. David is anointed as king. This is another major turning point. You got to understand up until this point, David's doing everything right. And during this time, David, like I said, is a great warrior. He's winning battles and stuff. And he's doing everything that he should. And then you're going to find out David had intentions to build the temple. See, sometimes you can have good intentions, but it's not the will of God. Because God knows your hand is going to get dirty. You need to be careful what evil you put your hands to do. God knew what David was going to do before David even done it. So you may have good intentions about something, but don't mean it's the will of God. And while taking a break from fighting Israel's enemies, he sees this woman that I, I, he just got to have. Or you see this man you just got to have. I don't care what God say. I done been there. All I saw was tall legs and fine. And I ain't care what the Lord say. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to use my own witchcraft. And I'm going to do what I want. Because I know this is the Lord. God ain't spoken nothing. David sees this woman on the rooftop. That's why you got to be careful. You're not in the wrong place. At your right time. And so David can't get this woman out of his spirit. David desires to have Bathsheba for himself. It says Anne has an adulterous relationship with her. And now he's embarking on the Ten Commandments. I know they don't tell you that no more. So he comes out with a plan after he done slept with her. Ain't think 
Israel is going through. So now he sends a plan to have her husband come home with her. And when Uriah don't come home and sleep with her so he can cover up the marriage and uh, cover up the birth. See? And he's got a plan to build a temple. Now he's done got way out there. Because he done took somebody else's wife. See, some of you don't know the wickedness that you do. And then you want to know why it catches up with you down the road. And when Uriah came home and didn't sleep with his wife because he's holy and righteous and his heart is with the people that was fighting the war because he understood what it was like on the front line. In the heat of a battle that David didn't sit there and forgot all about. And now he's becoming selfish. He's not concerned about anybody else. And you got to understand what is going on. So now he calls his, one of his journals up and says, you know what? Send a letter out and let Uriah go back to the front line. And then he kills him. Then God had to send a prophet, Nathan to tell him what he did wrong. When David had the spirit and was anointed, should have known it. See, that's one thing about having anointing. It's going to guide and lead you into all truth, but you have a free will to do what you want. And God knew all of this because he's Alpha Omega. Sometimes it's better just to own up to your wickedness and your wrongdoings in the beginning and God can put the blood on it and you can move on in life. But no, you're so worried about your faith. You're so worried about what the people are going to say in the kingdom. But that's something about doing wrong. You ain't going to hide it long. As the old folks say, you may get away with it for a season. And God didn't allow that child to live. It couldn't. What it stood for. Some of the things you're doing in your life, huh? you trying to want it to live, and you started putting miracle grow on it. You started throwing up strange fire on it because you want it to live. Huh? And God said, it's not going to live. I don't care what you do, what you say to me, because it was derived out of wickedness. It was conceived huh? out of perversion. Huh? It cannot live. It's against my word. Huh? And you want to know why you're still trying to have that stinking baby up in your house. Huh? And it's causing a stink. It's causing a ruckus in your house. Because I burst this out of my own womb. The desires, my dreams, my visions. God said it can't live. Because of what it's standing for. And so many people trying to work a thing that God has not called it to work. And they'll work it down because it seemed like it worked at one time. At the beginning, this relationship probably went on months. You can't read the Bible like a novel. Yeah, it was good. It did everything. But when God saw that he wasn't going to turn, he sent the prophet in. 
after the prophet did what he had to do, that was it. That's why you need to understand about a prophet when it comes. It comes to bring about a change. And then after that, trouble entered David's house forever. David went through so much in his life. Amnon, one of David's sons, lusts for his half-sister Tamar. Amon forces himself on her and is eventually killed by Absalom, Tamar's brother, 2 Samuel 13. Look at what all of this did. A night of pleasure and a whole house that got tore up because of this one sin. It was not so much the sin. It was the fact that David didn't want to turn around. When God's got to send a prophet your way to tell you to turn around, because you don't want to hearken to the voice of God. And David knew better. That's why you got to be careful when you enter into a certain place with God. You held more accountable because you know. And the Bible tells you that. The one that knows the way are going to be get what persecuted more than the ones that don't know the way. David knew what he was doing was wrong, but that flash got out of control, and now he's got sin in the house. Not only is he heartbreaking for the baby and what he's done, and he's sorry because he did repent, but then what it caused, a division in his house. Some of you looking at some of your friends and looking at yourself, what did I do to cause this? Huh? You better go back and trace it down your bloodline. And it broke David's heart. And I'm going to tell you about something. When this thing happened with uh, Tamar and Abner, David did not deal with everything that was going on. He knew what was went on in his house. And it made Abner very upset. And then when he saw that David didn't do anything, that's when... Um, that's when Absalom went there and killed Amon. And this went on for years. And Absalom stayed away after killing Amon for three years. This was a danger not dealing with your sins. And then David calls him back for another two years and didn't have an audience with him. So now Absalom has risen up and divided the whole house. That's something about anger when it sits undealt with. When your flesh is in a place that's above the Holy Spirit. And his very son is divided the kingdom as well as the house. 
And why you say that? Because whatever affects the church affects me personally. And whatever I do at the house affects me here. It becomes one. That's why when you look at the presidents and everything else, whatever goes on their personal life, what affects us? Whatever goes on their country affects us. And everybody knows why the sin has happened. Now David is trying to rule the kingdom, but yet he's fleeing to the mountains because of his son. Absalom then rose up against him because he didn't deal with what is home in his house. A lot of times when I see these things going on, sin and undealt with sin is dangerous. It's worse than an atomic bomb when it goes off. But look what David did to Uriah. Look at the deception behind it. That's why you got to be careful about what captivates your mind and your spirit. Be careful about the delusions of your mind. That's what Satan does. He paints a pretty picture, but that's not the reality of it. Somewhere down the line, David lost focus of his anointing, his position, and what God blessed him for. The higher you go up, the more you're held accountable for your sins and your actions. That's why America always judges the president or whoever in Portsmouth or wherever you may be, Virginia Beach, whatever. They always judge them harsher. Why? Because of their position and they should know better. Absalom wins the heart of Israel. For four years. See, y'all thinking this, y'all read the Bible, it's just over and over. Hey, that, that's, that, that happened to this. And that. No, you got to look and see it was years. Years. Think about the pain that Absalom was in. You let this been done to my, my sister and you didn't even do nothing to your son, which is my stepbrother. And you want to know why your children are attacking you. You better get down to the root of the matter. You got to deal with stuff when it happens. You have to make amends as soon as you know that it's going on. And David didn't do that. And God sat back and watched David carry on with Bathsheba for months. It could have been years. Think about this. Let's even take it a different step further. Let's say, for instance, when Uriah came home, David moved away from Bathsheba. While Uriah, you got to understand, you got to look at the, the world now. You got to take it to another place. Having an adulterous affair. People do it all the time. Look at military folks. I want you to open your consciousness to the possibilities and the way people act now. Because once you get a soul tie with somebody, that's a hard thing to break unless you don't have the power of Jesus Christ. 
And this is what's going on. And so now, David is out of the kingdom. You see how sin starts off small, or we think it's perceived as innocent? But it, when it's undealt with sin, but God still called him. Still, God still anointing him. God has not changed his mind. David just changed his heart. When it's something that we want in life. That's why it's, it's terrible to fall into a place in your mind that you allow things of the world or your desires govern the things of God. That's why you always got to constantly fast and pray is to keep that flesh under subjection. You're not just doing it because the pastor telling you. You're not just doing it because the world say. It's a reason why. Because God knows our emotions and our flesh was an enemy to ourselves. You call it, I can't help it, but God called it, yes, you can. And we justify our sins. But when you go back, when the prophet came to David, David what? Owned up to it. But he had to pay the price for what he did. But I thank God for Jesus Christ. That took away the sins of the world. That I don't have to pay the price that it could have been. And that love covers a multitude of faults. And these are some of the major things that David went through in life. It was left on account for us to read it and understand it, that we don't have to fall into the same of things, the same events, the same temptations. But what we haven't even learned. Then you're going to find out. You, then you want to know, like, oh, why when somebody dies or somebody's going to die, there's an uproar in the house. David, Adonai, and Saul, Solomon, fighting over the temple to the prophet. And Bathsheba got together. And went to David and says, anoint Solomon as king. So when now when people die, you want to know why there's a division in the family? Why there's somebody trying to overtake, oversort somebody over what? The kingdom or prosperity of the will or money or houses and land. It's already in the Bible. Why do you think that you're going through anything new? The stuff David had to face and go through in life. And I want to close with this. It took this, David, to make him the man that truly God wanted him to be. 
When you read the song, David wrote that. Because he was reflecting on his life and everything that happened to him. His son, King Solomon, was the wisest man in the world. Even though he had the blessings and allowed him to build the temple, but his life was sad. His father, King David, made it. But look at what his son did. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' mighty name. 